This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Live from the Accessible Media Studios, this is Kelly and Ramya. Entertainment, lifestyle, and great conversation. It's AMI's on-air community, and everyone's invited. I know it's a Monday, which simply means it's the end of the weekend. Kelly McDonald here with Ramya Muthan. Aw, end of the weekend. End of the weekend, start of the new week, you know. Yeah, I guess that's a good way to see it. It yeah. is technically a fresh week. So what do you think? As a person who works, you get more annoyed when weekends come to an end or when you are a student? Oh, that's a tough one to answer. Sometimes I've manipulated my, me. really, I manipulated my school week so that my Mondays would be chill, my Fridays would be chill. So it's really Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday that we have to worry about. The transition out of the weekends weren't as hard. Abrupt. Yeah, um, abrupt. Yeah, you yeah. kind of ease uh, out of your Sunday into your Monday class that starts at 2 p.m. or something, you know? I didn't like it, period, uh, when it comes to school. Yeah. I, I found it tougher. And maybe some of that time was going back to W. Ross because I'd leave on a Sunday night and go back to, uh, you know, the school oh, yeah. uh, for Sunday. Sunday couldn't even count as part so. of the weekend when you're at W. Ross. No. You're and, leaving. And that's... Just the way that it was. We stayed through the week at the school for, for our education. When I was in high school, same thing. When I was in college, same thing. I didn't go away, but I still, like, hated to that, that sudden change more than I do going back to work. Um, and I would assume it's because broadcasting has always been something I've wanted to do. And even when I was a studio technician recording and doing stuff like that day in and day out, I still enjoyed and looked forward to at least why settling back with a coffee and hearing some wonderful article reads and things like that like you hear on AMI audio when I was working over on that side yeah it's it's very um I think there are some nice perks to starting the week though after the Mm two-day weekend such as such as uh you know our show Kelly and Romeo Yeah. Very, very good. You know, especially <laughs> if you start with that morning that's always full of junk on a Monday or the meeting you can't stand because, hey, we're doing this for the rest of the week. Then you have us in the afternoon via AMI-audio or AMI-TV to enjoy. And we'll show you how much you can enjoy. Let's take a look at what's coming up today on the program. Brock Richardson, he arrives shortly with his sports update, and he'll be giving us all the goods on Friday's uh, NHL trade deadline. We have these monthly rotations of contributors on Monday, and one of which is the CNIB Smart Life check-in. Today we're learning about the Aware Wolf All-Terrain Cane, and this is with uh, Dave Epstein. Okay, and we have Know Your Rights today on the program. Karis Wibble will be joining us to talk about the report on the use of the uh, Emergencies Act. We know all about that from last year. We'll get into that conversation with Danielle and Kara in hour two right here on Kelly and Ramya. Well, this uh, broke just a little while ago. About 3,000 CN rail workers have overwhelmingly voted uh, to uh, f- in, in favor excuse me, of strike action. Unifor says the two sides are in the final stages of negotiations with another round of talks set for next week. The union broke off talks with CN last month and started the strike vote as it called on the railway to withdraw its demands for concessions, including a flex benefit plan that would make workers pay for services such as dental. CN says its latest offer includes a net increase in pay and benefits and that any strike by the clerical staff and mechanics would not affect its operations. Don Kelly, the Canadian Press. So does it give you more of a feeling of, obviously we understand everybody's right to job action when it comes to making the requests, getting the things that you need. We, we understand that. But does it give you more anxiety when we know how much the pandemic threw us off, how you couldn't get chips for this, how uh, storage containers for shipping were not available. It seems like anything that smacks of delays, um, shortages, or or somebody saying, hey, we're not get that we're, uh, I don't want to say more insensitive and saying, look, there's no time for that. I think just conscious of, oh boy, what? how much more does this delay us in the long run? Mm-hmm. That's right. I mean, there are the impacts of 
supply and demand, right, and supply chain specifically, but actually there's a lot of human impact that I think that trickle effect of years after COVID is what's making us aware of that. Uh, how much people were impacted, people of different industries, and now we're seeing this in the demand of strikes kind of all over the place. Outside of food, is there something that you have tried to get that has been delayed? I, I mean, me as, as a person who's been of late updating his audio equipment, yeah. I really had trouble getting the Sonos stuff. The gear oh, that I want, everything right. was months. I mean, six, seven months of waiting for something. Yeah, I didn't in my personal life uh, feel that effect for audio or any kind of other hobby-related things, but I know that with AMI, as we were transitioning to TV, there was a lot going on in the background of, um, you know, supply and whether or not we could get things done that way. So keeping us posted through the pandemic. The war, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, 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 because the conflict really affected... Um, you know, some of the resources we were hoping to use, mm -hmm. whereas the pandemic caused those other delays, things we couldn't get a hold of. So I, you know, and I don't like to make, you know, when someone says, well, we've got to talk about strike action, we're hearing the story left and right, money not available here, people, we're looking for people to hire, we're, we have shortages. So we get all that. It just seems like how long, when will things ever level back out? And I think we have to go to prior to the pandemic to say, yeah, but there were delays, part shortages and stuff like that. It's not new. It's just heightened awareness. We've got a lot of show ahead. This is the Monday edition of Kelly and Rumya, and we hope you can stick around for us, whether you're listening to the show live or repeat. Your phone app recently became more useful. Michael Babcock is going to be telling us a lot more about that during our Tech Talk on the other side of the break. Don't miss a minute. Kelly and Ramya will be right back. Are you a student from the disability community? Well, folks, apply now for the 2023 AMI Scholarship Program. Selected entries receive a $5,000 bursary and a queen-size temper cloud mattress. Amazing. Every you need that? Get in need. on that. And for more information, you can visit ami.ca slash scholarship. Kelly McDonald here with Ramya Muthan. Welcome back to the program. Because it's Monday, we get right into technology and start the week off with those conversations. Let's bring on Michael Babcock. App news, device reviews, security advice, and more. It's time to talk tech with me, Michael Babcock. Get your dose of ever-changing technology knowledge right here on Kelly and Rumia. So, Michael, there are things that you want to follow up from last week. There are things looking ahead to this week in tech news. Let's start with uh, Bing Preview. It's out for access to the chat beta. How has the experience been thus far? You mentioned this last week. Yeah, I did mention it. I think I had just gotten access to it last week, and the experience hasn't been that difficult to interface with. Uh, I'll, I'll go over a couple of things to be aware of, and we'll talk more about being in a moment. But one thing to be aware of when you're using it is you can interact with the Bing app via text or voice. And if you use the voice option, you, what you say will then be spoken on your phone from voiceover. And I guess the best way to explain it is this will then confuse the Bing. Uh, so it's it's <laughs> ideal to silent speech after that. Uh, locate the well, first, what you do is you locate the voice button, silent speech, and then double tap on it, and then you can speak your response. And uh, that's the best way to navigate that. And they, to me, the Bing app does feel a little clunky, but in my opinion, at least for the most part, the ability to voice chat with Bing makes it worth the clunkiness. Mm. That's fascinating and understandable. And I've I've seen that with voiceover hearing, even a dictation <laughs> when it speaks. So it makes total sense of it hearing itself. If a listener wants to get into the beta, what would be the best way to make that happen? 
All right, so listen up carefully, Kelly. You got to make sure you do it this way. You got to go to bing.com slash new. Don't let it autofill to news, which it always did for Ooh. me. And I'm like, why is this not working? Because new and news sound a lot alike. Uh, good, yeah. good use for Braille. But bing.com slash new, and that will take you to a page where you can sign in. Once you sign in, there'll be an option to get onto the wait list for the new Bing chat. And then you also want to download the Bing app to your device, whether that be an iPhone or an Android, sign into Bing on your mobile device, and then use Bing on either your computer or on your mobile device to do some searches. And at some point, once I downloaded the Bing app, it was within about 48 hours, I got access to it, and they gave me Bing chat, and now that's available both in Microsoft Edge on the Mac and on the Bing app on my iPhone. So it may not have been super accurate trying to get there, but how accurate is Bing itself? Well, I don't know. Do you and Kelly want to share what uh, it, sh it shared about you guys and how you guys found it to be ah. accurate? I played with a little more than that. It was interesting. Like, I think the general scope of it was pretty good, right? And you uh, you said to tell you about Kelly and Rummy at the show. And yep. um, at first, though, I'm not going to lie, I thought it was going to go deep dive into personal information about Kelly and Rummy. I was a <laughs> little nervous to read what you had sent. But, yeah, the show, it was okay. It didn't always connect the dots, though. You would have mm -hmm. to go in and connect the dots yourself, like, with the timing of the show or it was, you know... Mm, miscommunicating information about the old show, Kelly and Company, to the current show, uh, things like that, without actually telling you, yes, it's the same show that has transitioned. I wasn't even sure if some of the info that it was collecting and saying time-wise was the best of Kelly and Ramya on the weekend. Hmm. But yeah. it also seemed to have a bunch of stuff that I know I've seen around when searching information on myself that's come up or that I know has been out there because it's, it's come across. So it really gathered from whether it's clips from items, articles, or whatever, to put together yeah. what it could mixed in with drawing the conclusion that we're the same Kelly and Rumya from Kelly and Company and on but without this program, actually Kelly stating that. Yeah, and yeah. sounding like a conversation about these two people. But it did it confidently, though, too. Mm -hmm. Like there wasn't no, no, and I think that's what's kind of scary about these chatbots yes. is it's going to spit facts or at least what it sees as facts out at you. And with the way that it sends or, or you know, provides that information, unless you know Kelly and Romeo or you know the show or you do some basic fact checking, you might believe everything that it sends you, which is kind of scary. I will say, with the being uh, application and being able to to get more accurate information, give it more details. And I've learned that over uh, since I sent it that, that real quick fact and uh, finding more information. So for example, if you ask Bing, who is Michael Babcock contributor on AMI, it gives you some details about me coming on to Kelly and Romeo. I believe it mentioned uh, me on Double Tap once. And it also shared some other details about some other uh, um, media content that I'm involved in that's not necessarily directly related to AMI. So if you can give it more details, the more information it will give you. And I'm finding myself using Bing a little bit more than ChatGPT. And anyone who knows or who has listened to me knows that I paid for ChatGPT for one month. And now I'm not paying for it anymore because of things like right. Bing that can get you information about things that happened on January 9th of this what year. What I also liked, Michael, is it seemed to stick to what the program is, or like you said about yourself, regarding us, the program, but regarding yourself, your media work, your public face, because you were asking about that, and people accessing or, or the way you worded it. It's very interesting that it, it has that ability to stay within the right lane. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I thought that was really kind of fascinating too, because it has to pull from different things to do that mm -hmm. and, and know what to ignore. I mean, mentioning when I worked in Stratford, I know probably some of that came from an article that was done, but there wasn't the need to go any further than just mentioning mm -hmm. and putting it in a such a way to say, yes, he's also worked here, as opposed to, yes, and one time an article was written, like it didn't bother with that. Uh, Michael, let's move on to Windows though. What are, is, is Windows doing with the Bing feature? 
Yeah, so Windows is putting the Bing chat into the taskbar so you can use search if you have access to this within Windows 11. You do got to be an insider. And uh, once you have access to Bing chat and you have this update, you'll be able to chat to Bing chat. Uh, I presume use your voice as well right there from the taskbar. Sound a little familiar? Kind of like Cortana that was around for a little while. Mm -hmm. So we'll see where this goes. Yeah, exactly. It keeps coming back this concept what is windows doing with the bing chat feature uh so so yeah windows is adding that to the taskbar um they're also allowing you the ability to chat with it via text and hopefully you'll be able to trigger it eventually with your voice and uh, be able to ask quick questions from the bing chat bot okay sounds good uh speaking of windows what uh, is your phone app became more uh useful what what is this tool yeah, apparently they changed the name. I used to know it as your phone, and now it is called Phone Link. And this allows you to control your phone from your Windows computer, get calls, text messages, notifications, and it has only worked with Android. Hmm. Okay. What functions were actually added to this that iPhone users might enjoy? Yep, so PhoneLink has introduced the PhoneLink for iOS preview, which allows users to send and receive iOS and text messages from your Windows computer. You can make and receive phone calls, and you can also get some notifications. Now, be aware, this does have its own limitations, which uh, can be a deal breaker for some. Uh, you cannot use the iCloud backup restoration feature of your messages. So that means that if you have years of iCloud message history, those are not gonna show up in this, which might not oh. necessarily be a bad thing. Uh, but the more important thing is if you send and receive messages on your phone, they're not gonna sync with the phone link application. The only right. thing you'll be able to see is what was sent and received with phone link. Okay. That's a drag. All right. Yeah, yeah. It, it could come. It could. They could change it in the future. And I'm just glad that we have some iPhone interaction on Windows. I know. Yeah, yeah. It's about time. Mm -hmm. And that might be like a security thing too at this point, mm -hmm. or or something. I, I'm not sure. Radio GPT uh, is a new demo of a use of the AI. Can you tell us what this is? Okay, so at first when I saw this, I said, oh, that's kind of cool. Someone's using these AI voices and making a radio station. And I went and listened <laughs> to it. It has some classic rock. And, it, and you know, it sounded pretty good. I'm like, hey, this is, this is good. Then I did some more research and found out that the company that makes this actually makes radio automation software that will scan Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and more social networks to get uh, local news information. And identify what is trending in the local market. It'll then use GPT-3 technology, so older technology than chat GPT, but it'll create that into a script for use on on uh, for use of on-air talent. You can then use a on-air talent AI voice to voice the radio station um, for either a single two hosts or three hosts, and it, you can also use voice clips of your existing personalities to create an AI and uh, AI voice. And it was it was very nice while I was listening to it. Um, and it, it had me confused because I thought it was talking about Spr Springfield, Ohio, and there's a Springfield, Oregon. And after I did some more research into this, I realized that it was pulling some local data from social media at the Springfield, Oregon location that I am nearest to. Hey, so basically it's running the entire thing is what yep. I'm hearing. Yep. It can also wow. look wow. at your music log, like the music that you've already played and make comments on that. And it can look at upcoming music if you configure it properly and comment on that. And on their website, they're also talking about how you can get live interaction with the audience from a mobile application oh, that the my. AI can react to as well. I can't think wow. of anything else that it needs to do. I know. Well, like that's it. And stop talking and stop talking about it because John Melville might be listening. <laughs> exactly. Can <laughs> it do a better job? Like all it really needs is the the history of how things mm -hmm. are already done, and then it could just put itself to to good use and make a, a future version of it. Wow. Explain how for you the experience has been listening to it. 
it sounded smooth um that like if i was just listening and i didn't know that i was doing it i might think hey these th these are pretty interesting like these are they're not they're not the most comical but they're djs and uh -huh. they sound like they're introducing the music this this technology is also coming to spotify yes. uh, they announced that earlier in february and i believe that's just doing music intros but this uh gpt radio the ai voices were also doing the liners and, and the sweeps and, mm -hmm. and everything and i believe it was also generating the playlist too so yep. i'm intrigued by it very intrigued i remember years ago there was a radio station and they claimed oh this is an automated station it was the same announcer voice all day between songs and that obviously recorded and, and set up through voice tracking but now this is beyond that because it it literally live and on on time kind of thing Oh, wow. Uh, very quickly, sir, you use a, a tool. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, for sure. You use a yeah. tool called SoundSource on the Mac. What is it? Yeah, so SoundSource is a tool that allows me to take anything that's playing audio. So if Zoom is playing audio or Reaper or Safari, and with a keystroke, I can pop up a little mixer that is easily navigatable by uh, keystrokes. You can use command one through nine to go from the left to right applications, and you can pin applications as favorites. And when you press command five, for example, in this instance right now, that'll take me to my Zoom window. And then if I tap my left arrow, key, it will turn the volume of Zoom itself down in my headphones. So if I want to have a Zoom meeting running in the background, or I want to be listening to music, I can edit projects in Reaper at the same time and have the flexibility of a physical mixer. Hmm. Wow. Uh, do you, how do you have it configured? Can you tell us in 15 seconds? Yeah, I sure can. I use a uh, control delete on a full size keyboard that pops up a sound source and then I can change the applications volumes and it remembers those volumes across restart. Okay, cool. Uh, we'll leave the advanced um, uh, tips and tools for sound source for next time, but thank you so much. Really intrigued. No problem. You guys have a great show and I will make sure AI don't take my work away listen if you're gone then we're already gone so yeah he's looking out he's taking care of himself here yeah yeah michael babcock uh, check us out on mondays for the tech talk up next brock richardson joins us with his weekly sports update we'll be right back don't miss a minute kelly and ramya will be right back here doing the show now for almost two months and Ramya I think we may have to admit that now we're out of some of our grace period for some of those little rookie things that we would do wrong oh, no. at the beginning I know really? I, I, it dawned on me that two months doing the show we have to work on a new circuit we have to move into you know maybe not necessarily the majors but the minors just below the mm. majors of excuses of things that we I was giving well, myself like six months Minimum. Oh, real? Yeah. Wow, are you ever generous? Aren't I? For yourself. <laughs> yeah, only for <laughs> me. For me, I was giving Everybody myself. else. Yeah. Everybody else, you're telling us, chop, chop, chop. Why? Come on, guys. You've been doing this That's two right. months. This Let's is go. A, this is, we're professionals out here, but yes. What's wrong with you? But yeah, it, it's like a, a you know a window, and you know you can feel good about it. So yeah, you know, I think I've got this. And then, uh, guys, let's have a talk. You notice that? Ooh. Right. Oh. These seven things on this list, can you work on them? Oh, good heavens. I guess it's a daily show, so two months is a long time. Well, you also notice that since I'm smart, I worked in something called the minors, I right? Did. And before you get up to the big league, which means <clears throat> let's bring him in to talk a little sports with his weekly sports update, the host and producer of the Neutral Zone, Brock Richardson. I'm Brock Richardson, and I love sports. As a former pro athlete, I bring you the sports angle beyond the headlines, plus parasport news and analysis. Mr. Richardson, thanks for being with us. Appreciate having you back here and getting our week started. And you've got interesting items always when we ask you the question, what is your leadoff item? Well, my leadoff item is just to piggyback on the conversation you guys just had. Mm -hmm. Two months and six months, I'm thinking about a... A fiscal year for me personally. Yeah, right? you know, you know that, that was my original answer, Brocky. <laughs> what the heck? You've been around a move in too much. A fiscal year? Yeah. Where does the finances the come in? That's the, not the whole. Because for us, it's September. So really, 
We're not asking for too much around here. Or he's thinking a year and a half, finish this one, yeah, and then I need right. a whole new fiscal year. But the fiscal year, not just a year. <laughs> My gosh, these two, cha-ching, somebody's cash register's going. All right, lead off item, sir. I've had six years of excuses. Let's be, let's be real. real <laughs> exactly. You, you've gone anyway. from the majors to the, you know, like, and, and beyond. You're in retirement going into the the uh, Hall of Fame of excuses. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> let's get into what I'm actually here to do, and that is to tell you that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. suffered a knee injury uh, that happened over the weekend, and he is no longer going to be a part of the uh, World Baseball Classic, which to me is a good thing because I get scared, Kelly, on the whole injury of the World Baseball Classic, and maybe it's not in the best of positions, but when else do you put it would be the main mm -hmm. question. And, Brock, that's because what people forget who, you know, we're, we're fans here in North America, we forget there are other major league, equivalent leagues around the world to our Major League Baseball, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, in Japan, whether, it, you know, it's in Korea, there's other and just as big, powerful, lots of people who move back and forth between the leagues. We have lots of major leaguers that have played in Japan for a number of years. So it's trying to find when do we do this where we're not disrupting somebody's play, that it's not within season. And I think that the settling on March gives us that opportunity to get people in February, get them working out, get them the opportunity to go play, hopefully not get hurt, and get back here. The value of the World Classic, if you don't know about it, folks, or haven't had a chance, do check it out if you can. It's a lot of exciting baseball, but mostly... It's a chance to see and hear names and watch people from around the world. Something that years ago, Brock, we didn't have that ability, but now media allows us to, to be a part of, with all these umpteen channels we've got, to be a part of some of these things that, you know, really kind of broaden our scope and maybe where we do stop and say, yeah, I guess it is the best time of year to do it because the Korean League is now and, and, and in Japan they're playing, they're wrapping up and in their playoffs now. So whatever it might be, I don't know the timing for all the other leagues, but uh, I think I think Japan's through our winter time, if I have it right. There's always reasons why if to do things now, then when. I don't think there's ever a perfect scenario where you can sit and say, in this, we're going to do this now. I think, yeah. you know, there's reasons why, you know, we look at the qualification for the, the World Cup, you know, that was in the middle of a lot of people's, you know, seasons and injuries mm -hmm. and, you know, all that. So it, it it's across the board. We have these discussions of if not now, when? And if you can't answer when the when will be, then you just got to put it where you feel as for the whole is the best place to put it. And I think that's kind of where we are today with this. I, I am a bit weirded out by the fact that I haven't seen it on my Rogers Ignite where to get it uh, other than, you know, if I download the app for Sportsnet, they say that they're doing the the whole World Baseball Classic, but I haven't seen it posted on conventional t television yet, which is kind kind of strange if you want to know the truth to my feeling. Yeah, you may that. have to listen to some of that more as an audio thing. One of the things I just want to add before we move on is I learned to, there's a lot of rules to protect players, such as pitchers are on a pitch limit. They cannot stay in a game no matter how well they're doing. When they get to so many pitches, sorry, out you go. There's rules like that to yeah. protect their home major league teams who are saying the same thing. Look, man, I don't want you to get hurt and I don't want to lose money. And unfortunately, no matter when you put it, somebody unfortunately could have a catastrophic in Rocky, you wanted to discuss an incident that took place recently about uh, an NHL hockey player allegedly spitting at another hockey player. So tell us what happened here. Yikes. Hey, Andre Miller uh, spit at Drew Doughty recently and was assessed. Was this during three. a game? Yes, correct. It was during a game. And it was really mentioned that it was accidental. I There was no scuffle associated with this. There was nothing uh, going on there. It might have just been a he talked and, it, you know, things fly when we talk. Fair. They slowed this down in so many different ways and they determined yeah there was a bit Ew. of intent here and <laughs> yeah i mean the detail, the detail. You can imagine the poor team of people had to slow it down and rewatch it and rewatch it see it comes yeah. out of his mouth here angles to the left and goes splat exciting <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, like just just unbelievable. Needless to say, there's no place in the game for spitting. We've heard of biting. We've heard all kinds of things in, in hockey, and it's just it's weird. Like keep your mouth to yourself, and I and I say that in jet in in joking, but I also mean it seriously. Like why are we even talking about? You know, people spitting or in the past biting Brad Marchand, biting someone's ear. Like, get out of here! Don't don't do that in sports. Like, there's just no need for it. So they determined it was with intent. I uh, enough so that they gave a three game suspension. Yes. Oh really? Assault with yeah. deadly spit. Um, the NHL right. trade deadline has come and gone. Can you fill us in on some of the highlights? Yeah, so let me fill you in on one that was kind of bizarre, and that is that James Van oh, Riemsdyk yeah. was reported to go to the Red Wings, and then all of a sudden we found out, oh, actually, no, he's not going anywhere. Uh, and so this was a weird one. I don't have much other than to say to you guys that I we're not sure whether it was the league that said, sorry, it was after the deadline or something with the deal didn't go through. Hmm. We don't know other than to say it never happened. So that's the first one. Um, Vladislav Nemestikov went to the Winnipeg Jets. I do not think the Winnipeg Jets did enough at this trade deadline. I think they uh, missed the boat as far as defensively. I think they could have done a little bit better than what they did, and that's just the way I feel about it. Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi headed to the Boston Bruins. Look, the Boston Bruins are one scary, scary team. They they are complete. They know what they're doing. I believe they're going to be my Stanley Cup champion, and my prediction wow. has been that way for a while. They are just scary, scary good. Uh, Boston teams Ottawa, know what they're doing, right? Uh, it seems yes. to be, this year at least. For sure. And the thing about Boston is, are they going to fall into the, the trap of when you win the President's Trophy being the top a team in the NHL, does that mean you win the Stanley Cup? Hasn't happened for over 20 years, so we'll see if they fall into that curse or break it. Uh, the Ottawa Senators, Jacob Chikrin, really, really solid deal here uh, for them. I like it. I think that this is a great ad for the Ottawa Senators. And look, the Ottawa Senators are playing meaningful games here right now, which nobody expected that off the top of the season. So lots of good trades did take place, but a quiet trade deadline nonetheless. You're not going to talk about the two brothers? Brother for brother, Calgary, was it Calgary and Arizona did that? Yes, yeah. they did. Yeah. And that Heard that was interesting. That was interesting. That that had not happened uh, as of recently and so to trade brother for brother is kind of unique. The last brothers to be moved together were the Sedin brothers, but never swapped brother for brother, which was kind of cool. And, of course, the, the big fish was Patrick Kane is headed to the Big Apple, which he kind of left his team with his hands tied because he said, I'm only going to the New York, New York Rangers, and that's it. So interesting kind of take there as well. I don't think he was fair to his organization to hand tie them like that, but that's the decision he made. All right. Uh, not sure how much time we have left, but let's get into... Yeah, we can cover this. The MLB spring training last week. Uh, the Blue Jays have been pretty active this offseason. Tell us what they've done no worth noting. Yes, so let's do this. I love the addition of pitcher Chris Bassett. I mean, this guy has seven pitches. He's really quick. He's really good with the pitch clock. I love this uh, acquisition. Of course, we know that... Uh, Teoscar Hernandez left for uh, relief pitcher Eric Swanson and prospect Adam Mako. I know, Kelly, a lot of people say, listen, I didn't like this move, but I love this one. And uh, I, I think it was a good trade to get something for a guy who did a lot for the organization, but it's sometimes mm -hmm. time to move on from certain people. What they've done for the outfield, moving him and all the upgrades that we're going to get, Kiermaier comes to mind. Yeah, I understand the health of him, Springer, um, and Varsho, but I'm, I'm loving that. And especially with the pitching that we have, the variety of pitching, there's going to be a lot of hits. We need people all across the board that can go get it. And speed is, is important. Yes, and I will just say that uh, 
Kevin Kiermeyer uh, was another really good ad. This outfield is looking really good. Um, a lot of people were upset with, uh, you know, Gabriel Moreno leaving as the catcher, but they really got a real good individual in Varsho, as Kelly mentioned. Uh, I, I think that this is the versatility they needed. They did not need three catchers, and I think that they sort of solved this uh, situation there as well. Was there, for you, was there sort of a favorite move, Kelly, out of all the ones that that I Ooh. just mentioned? I, I, I think I am loving the Kiermaier thing, but I think Varsho, getting him in there, no matter what works out, I just like the fact that we are working on people who can do stuff, who can go get it, who can hit a little bit, um, and we're seeing so much going on. But I'll be honest, Brock, some of the moves Victor Martinez coming in to help big hitting with the guys and stuff like that the off-field stuff that we're seeing in coaches and gathering people uh it's endless and I've been really thinking that is a place where that goes under the radar and unspoken of can you tell us a little bit about what's coming up on the neutral zone Peter Parsons who is involved with Nova Scotia uh blind sports will be along to tell us about what's been going on in their organization and why one of their events was changed to gold bowl tournament instead of gold ball tournament kind of a bit of a funny story and he'll elaborate <laughs> on that during the interview so looking forward for that okay we catch the neutral zone on ami audio at uh, 11 a.m on tuesdays of course available via your favorite podcast platform later on tuesdays and on YouTube as a podcast as well. So you can check them out, check out Brock and the team as they get together, speak sports, and a lot about parasports too. Thank you, sir. We'll talk to you soon. Indeed you will. Have a good show. He, Brock hits us with the latest sports on our program. Mondays, uh, always catch him on here every week. Up next, folks, Transcending debuts this Wednesday on AMI-TV. It follows Paralympian Ness Murray as he trains to become the world's first openly trans man to compete at a Paralympic Games. His wife and him are up next. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-TV. Do you live in the Calgary area? Maybe you might be interested in being part of a television studio audience. AMI's original series, By Hook or By Cook, is filming two episodes in Calgary on Friday, March 17th. And guess what? You're invited to participate. Go hang out out there with everybody. Enjoy the two shows as they are taped. The day includes for you your picture um, being taken while you're walking the red carpet, refreshments, a meet and greet with uh, Bruce Cook and other cast members, a gift bag valued at $75. You don't want to miss this, folks. If you're in the Calgary area, get in on this. For more information and to reserve your spot, email info at uh, ami.ca. Kelly McDonald here on your Monday with Ramya Muthan. You know, there are lots of great individuals making differences uh, in their own lives and in the lives of community members and intersectionalities. There's so many great conversations going on around uh, some of the things that we need to be aware of. And one mm. of the shows that features this kind of thing is Ness Murby Transcending. And this is debuting on AMI-TV this Wednesday, so a couple of days from now. And it follows Paralympian Ness Murby as he trains to become the world's best or world's first, maybe best, <laughs> openly trans man to compete at the Paralympic Games. And we have now to welcome in Ness Murby and his partner, Eva Fayesh. Eva, Ness, thank you for coming on, Kelly and Ramya. Thank you so much. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm really looking yeah, forward to you. Thank you. The honor's ours. And really looking forward to this uh, couple of minutes that we get to spend together chatting about Ness Murphy Transcending. So, Ness, let's start with you. Can you give us an overview about the docuseries, which is based on you and your life? Yes, certainly. So, Ness Murphy Transcending um, kind of comes in and takes a look at 
my life, the life of um, my family, uh, Eva, myself, and our kiddo, Zeb. Um, I mean, I'm blind, queer, trans, and elite athlete. And you know what? I still drink coffee in the morning and tea all day long. So <laughs> it's about uh, the idea of relatability and trying to show visibility in, uh, in our lives and, and for the community at large. Mm. Sounds absolutely amazing because we get that that picture. We get to understand many things in the series. But I, I've got to, before we get into more of that, Eve, I've got to ask you, what was it like to have all these darn cameras following you around? This TV stuff, oh, man. It is a lot, and it was an amazing experience. Man, did it grow us up. Uh, the people we worked with were fantastic, and they played such a huge part in creating the necessary nuances and the just the amazing thing that this series became. So um, I really actually enjoyed having our house full <laughs> of the crew. Uh, what amazing personalities. It was a lot of fun. That's so cool. Yeah, there's something special about it being documented, right? That you can even look back to this um, stage of your lives and say, oh, okay. That's where we were at this point. Nask, I, I love that you said grew you up like like mm -hmm. quickly in that sense because it like people, it is a total experience and the right people have to be there working with you. So that that is really awesome to hear that about the film crew. Cause sometimes people don't like film crews around, but it sounds like it really helped bring out the best of the pieces that that they shot. Can I say though, I think the one who enjoyed it the most was Zeb. Aww. Having all these people around <laughs> who would play peekaboo for, you know, Aww. minutes on end and, you know, where'd she go? And, and, oh, it was fantastic. And she grew up even more than the rest of us. That's oh, for yeah. sure. Just watching the progress <laughs> through the series is wild. So you're so right. Uh, having this documented is so special. Oh, I'm sure it is. Ness, if you feel like it at the moment, do you mind telling us about your decision to transition, what that entailed for you and, uh, you know, what it feels like now that you're going through all of this after transitioning? Yeah, certainly. For, for me, choosing myself, choosing to allow myself to be who I am was not so much of um, a, a choice, but more a decision to hold on. Um, that transitioning is it, it's life saving, and for so long I kept making myself smaller and telling myself that I would be okay if I could just do this or just feel this way um, personally, internally, um, and it got too much. It really did. Um, and especially as an elite athlete showing up um, in the world stage and needing to represent my country mm -hmm. under a gender that makes me feel dysphoric was really hard to do. And at the same time, I recognized how important it was to show up as someone with a disability to be excelling and to be making a difference. So that's where that marginalized um, intersectionality comes in. And so I, I remember the day that I, I turned to Eva and I just said, I can't, I can't do it anymore. And I need to start HRT, uh, hormone replacement therapy. Mm -hmm. And I was terrified because to my mind, I was risking everything by actually stating that need. And I was, Really, really grateful that Eva met me where I was at and said, I, I see that you need this and that you need this um, for you. And then also from, from my perspective, I needed to show up for my kid with the person that I am. I didn't want my kid being in a position where they go to school and are faced with why is daddy being uh, referred to differently? Why, why is there this incongruence? If, you know, so again, it becomes an, inter an interlacing of, of various things. I will say that I have never been as happy as I am now that when I wake up uh, in the morning, I'm me. I think we have such a gift being here, let alone that opportunity to, you know, what we're supposed to do is do what makes us the happiest. 
the most comfortable. Take advantage of that privilege that we have of, of being here and all the things and our abilities. And I, I love that you said doing it for yourself, but how interwoven with everyone else in your world, how important and where you felt this is going to make me happy doing what I know I need to do for me, but for the answers and everybody around me. So with that being said, and you understanding that and it being a very individual with everything we do, each of us, individual decisions, Ness, what has the reception been in the Parasport world with your decisions? I think the sporting world is um, trying to catch up. Sport operates out of a binary, and it's um, a, you know a, a microcosm reflecting society. So, you know, sport um, sets in place these norms, um, social norms, and right now, it is really important to be showing that human isn't a, isn't a tick box, and that I'm not one thing, and so it hasn't been. Um, it hasn't been a clear road. Mm -hmm. And that said, it's really important to my mind that I'm here, that I'm visible because may the next generation, the next person who's wondering if their future can involve sport as a trans individual, that they can go through this without having to fight for the space. Um, I've had to fight for space my entire life. So it's a privilege mm to now be holding space for others. And I recognize that that doesn't entirely answer that question. And I think, you know, when we look, um, when we look at this, there's so much going on in the media, um, banning trans athletes um, from sport. So what's the reception? Well, I'm being met with organizations that wouldn't have me as a member. Um, and that means that I think I'm doing the right thing. That tells me. Yeah that I need to keep showing up and, and keep being in this this sporting system. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really feeling the empowerment in what you're stating, Ness, because it's true. You know, as as people with disabilities like myself and Kelly uh alike, we know how many people's shoulders and how much history we stand on to even we be where we are today. And mm -hmm. so some of these intersectionalities that you're talking about in your personal experience, I'm sure so many uh, people out there can relate and not even people who are there now, but that future generation you're talking about. And also the importance is how many people are on board and who are helping us fight these fights and, and make these moves uh, and, and digging through all the BS to kind of get where we need to go. And Eva, you're one of these people. You're the ally. You're the partner. And you've been there um, through a lot of the, the transitioning for Ness, as, as you stated, Ness, but also uh, the training, the, the documenting, everything else. So can you explain or kind of give us a peek into your world and your um, role in all this? Oh, uh, yeah, that's a lot of hats to wear. Yeah, um, but I think... I think the people closest to, to those who are of marginalized communities um, have a different view. You know, we we love our people. And so it's easier to step up and and do the things. And I, I know it's it's not exactly what, what you're asking about, but what comes up for me immediately mm -hmm. is that importance of the allyship from the people who aren't directly connected. Like that's what makes the big difference. That's why that's that's the most profound stuff um, to to keep building that space. Um, I oh, we do so much uh, to to keep creating this this world that we're trying to to make um, together, Ness and I, and and that's that's the thing that I I am so privileged to have this opportunity to to be able to play a part in helping to help Ness contribute himself because unfortunately there's so many barriers out there and so many stereotypes and, and preconceptions that, that block him. And like, he's the most amazing person I've ever met. And to think that he is prevented from being able to, to contribute himself fully is the loss of our community and, and the world at large. So that's, that's what I see it as. And that's what I think the whole purpose of allyship is, is to help people be able to show up 
and and give of themselves and then we get all the best stuff for sure we have a couple of minutes and i'd love to hear from both of you on what the most rewarding uh, what the most rewarding thing about this journey has been. Can I start with you, Eva? Oh, the most rewarding. <laughs> <laughs> There's been a lot of tough parts of this, a lot of, of pain, um, and, and watching Ness go through this uh, alone in so many ways. Um, you know, he told me that the things that helped him survive a lot was the bravery of others who showed up and were visible. So to be able to play a part in doing that, hopefully for someone else, anyone else, one person, I, I you know, hopefully hundreds of people, um, that's, that's the best part of this, that... And Thing that we might be a part of the hope and the ripple effect. Yeah. And Ness? That's, you know, Eva encapsulates it really well. Um, to be able to use my privilege platform because amidst my marginalization, I have privilege as a Paralympian to be able to show up and I think starting starting the conversations, you know, that's what this documentary does. It raises things, it challenges the stereotypes, it, it challenges the, the dominant culture um, and assumptions around trans people. Um, we're people. I, when I describe myself, I say I'm, I'm human first. Mm. And that's something that I, I feel is a great privilege to be able to show up and potentially represent and have visibility. And if I could leave the audience with something, I think I'd say that where we're at is a dire circumstance. Trans people are facing so much oppression, harm, erasure. And the opposite of transphobia is not allyship. It's anti transphobia same along the lines of it's anti-racist anti-ableist anti-transphobic it's active and if i can show up and show just one person that it's okay to be yourself and maybe to have the audience recognize that they could also show up for others it's worth it so that's what's been the most amazing thing of this, the opportunity as an extroverted introvert. Um, yeah, it, it, I am, I don't feel like I have the skills to, to be an activist, but I'm sure going to do my best Thank and you. I'll keep showing up. Thank you both so much for spending your time with us. We're really looking forward to the docuseries. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Thank you so, so much. much. Paralympian Ness Murby and his partner, Eva Fayesh, joining us on Kelly and Ramia. And we'll be right back with a lot more of the program, Hour 2, right ahead. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.